There's another podcast you should be listening to, TED Health, a podcast from the TED Audio Collective. Join host Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter as she introduces you to leading health experts and breaks down the health questions you didn't know you had. Learn more about the way your body works and the newest insights changing the medical world, like what a smart bra means for better heart health, three ways to prepare for the next pandemic, and how we can all live healthier lives. Find TED Health wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Oh, hello there. Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, it's, it's me, Jeremy. It's the Brian and it's the Brian, it's the Jeremy and Taylor show without the Brian show. Yeah. Brian's not here. He's, uh, he's on a trip, uh, to go see his, his, uh, lovely girlfriend, his lady uh, friend, um, which, who does not live here. Uh, but me and Taylor are here and, um, <clears throat> all right. So we've got a little like sort of, uh, we used to do these earlier in the life of sick boy and we would call them just a routine checkup and they would be these little sort of like midweek um episodes where we would touch on something that maybe needed a little bit of like clarification or um or or sometimes we just do it for fun and mm-hmm. just like shoot the shit yeah but this week on we, a topic that may have been hot in the news maybe? yeah exactly yeah something topical but this week we we bring you a little a little checkup because um we feel the need to address um, some concerns and feedback that we have received based on the the last episode that we put out. The the episode. What's the actual title of that episode? It, all it takes is a tick. All it takes is a tick about chronic Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> since we released that episode, and actually, you know, I should say this: every time we release an episode, um, I I feel so grateful, so fortunate. In that we we always receive feedback. Nine times out of ten, that feedback is something to the degree of like, um, have our babies, like, you know, no, not marry me. That type no, of thing. none of that wasn't going there. I was more so going in the direction of like, wow, thank you so much for having this conversation with so and so. You've made me feel less alone. Uh, you've you've you know you've you've given me this outlet, a community where I can go to and listen and, and relate, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just really like heartwarming. Yeah. It's always very touching, touching messages. <clears throat> now the odd time we'll do an episode and there will be a little bit of controversy behind that particular episode. And this episode in particular, um, uh, all it takes is a tick or whatever the fuck I called it, um, is, is one of those, scenarios it raised it raised a little bit of uh of ire in the <coughs> in the in the eyes or in the minds of of some some docs that listen to some doctors that listen to the show yeah people in the medical community <coughs> so so let me preface before we get into that let me preface uh this by saying one thing if you're unfamiliar with uh the process that we use to record this podcast uh, I'm going to give you a little sort of like heads up, a little a little behind the scenes. We have people who apply. We have a, we have currently a list of over 700 people 
across the world who apply to come on the show to talk about their experience with a, a particular illness that they are dealing with. And <clears throat> what we do is, depending on where we are in the world, where we are generally in Canada, um, what, our, what our schedules are, the three of us, when they line up, we, we book these recordings with these people who have applied. And we've found that to, to really get the biggest bang for our buck, to like have the most effective and entertaining and stimulating conversation, the less research we do as three hosts, the better. Mm. And there's a number of reasons for that. One of the big ones is like, you know, us learning in the moment along with you, the listener, tends to be the, a very enjoyable, charming, silly, goofy experience. And, and that's one of the big reasons why we don't do much research. So uh, we had come across an application from our friend Megan, who um, applied uh, with the, the disease chronic Lyme, chronic Lyme disease. And we brought Megan on and we had a conversation with her about her experience with chronic Lyme. None of us did any research into what that was. We just wanted her to tell us. And that's exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. Now, before we go any further, uh, I just want to really, really stress hardcore. I want to I stress, I cannot stress enough. What we are about to talk about in no way whatsoever um, takes away from what Megan had told us about her experience. Megan's experience in what she has dealt with over the last X amount of years is not up for debate. That's her experience. That's hers and hers alone. And uh, if you want to hear what that experience was, listen to that episode. She's, she's kind of, you know, she was run through the ringer. Mm-hmm. I think we want to, we want to extract the, we want to extract the, the, the illness, the, the disease or her, her diagnosis. We want to extract that out and tease that apart a little bit from based on some feedback that we got. And so basically the process uh, that happened was we got some feedback. We got enough of it where we thought, okay, well, well, maybe this is something we should address. Um, <laughs> so, and, and this was feedback that uh, from from a few a few doctors that wrote in and basically had their had their piece to say about chronic Lyme disease, and uh, and and they prov- they also provided some some links to some literature, um, and 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 then and then I I wrote e- I wrote Megan this morning and I said. Hey, hey, Meg. We're going to do this follow up. I just want you to let you know this isn't to this isn't to discuss your experience. That's not up for debate. It's just to talk about Lyme disease. We got enough feedback that we think that this merits it, and um, and just to let her know that, that that we were going to be doing that. And then we also I also reached out to a couple of naturopathic doctors, um, uh, friends that I have, and asked for their input. I gave them the lowdown on the episode, what we talked about. And they gave me their their view on chronic Lyme as well. So what we want to do is just basically pre- present the feedback that we got from both sides, um, and 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 just let you know what that was. Um, so I think we'll. What, what do you want, what do you want to start with, Jared? Do you want to do you want to do you well, want to read let's, something or yeah, just read. Um, so we we actually got a really uh, well written and and uh, amazing email from a doctor. Um, a doctor down in the U.S. Uh, actually, I forget where. I, I don't want to say his name because he hasn't actually given me permission to use his name. But yeah, um, that was at a at a medical school in Ohio. Oh, that's okay. That's a different guy. This is a, the doctor from Toronto. That's right. This is this is the guy from Ontario. Yeah. So, so there's an Ontario doctor who reached out and basically 
uh, had this to say. So let's read that, and then maybe we'll follow that up with a stark contrast from yes, from another side of the aisle. Yeah. Uh, so this is from a doc in Ontario. Hey guys, big fan, longtime listener, doctor from Ontario, and I've always loved your irreverent humor and the message on the podcast. I want to marry you and have your baby. Well, that, okay, we'll just oh, skip geez, over that yeah, part. That's, 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 that's I mean, <laughs> thank you, but no thanks. Um, I felt compelled to email you guys about the recent Lyme episode. There was a lot of chat about the Canadian medical system's response to Lyme disease, alternative clinics in the States and Mexico, and doctors' unwillingness to prescribe long-term antibiotics. The reason for this isn't because the medical system is behind, quote-unquote, on Lyme disease. It's because chronic Lyme disease as an infectious syndrome doesn't exist, period. It's an invention of charlatans and naturopaths to scam money from the vulnerable. She definitely danced around this and just said the doctors didn't know. That's not the case. To be clear, there is something called late disseminated Lyme disease, which is different. It's someone where they were truly infected, never treated, and then later developed problems. The difference between this and chronic Lyme is that late Lyme disease folks have objective tests positive for infection, whereas chronic Lyme folks have generally never truly tested positive for the disease. Even for the late form, the treatment is a month or two of antibiotics tops. There is no role for long-term chronic antibiotics. Lyme does not, quote-unquote, hide in the body and sneak out once a month. We treat infections in the joints, brain, and all sorts of hard-to-reach places with antibiotics every day. We treat infections that form biofilms every day. The reason doctors might lose their license for prescribing these drugs in Canada is because it's medical malpractice to give medications that are essentially a very dangerous placebo to these patients. Did you say placebo? Placebo? Uh, Sorry, my my mistake. Placebo. Okay, great. The IgeneX test mentioned is a scam. The standard panel to detect Lyme requires you to have five out of ten pieces of the bacteria show up. Okay, so let's. What, I'm going to back it up there a sec. I'm about to get a. He gets a little technical in here, so bear with bear with us. The Igene X test is a scam. The standard panel to detect Lyme requires you to have five of ten pieces of the bacteria show up in your blood. This is because these broken pieces look lot look like lots of other types of bacteria. So if you don't have several, it probably came from something else. All IgeneX did was say, oh, you're now positive if you have one of 10 pieces. So he's basically saying that, it's, that, that it requires a much lower uh, show up of this bacteria to give you a positive test. I mean, okay. Is what I'm gathering from okay. that. The regular test doesn't miss 50% of cases. It just correctly doesn't diagnose people with Lyme who don't have it. It's telling that she was... This is... Yep. Naturopaths, cover your ears. (laughs) It's telling that she was diagnosed by a naturopath. The hardest part of being a doctor by far is having to go to a patient or their family and say, we don't know what this is, or the treatment isn't working, or we're not sure what to do next. It makes people feel like we don't believe their symptoms, or I had to turn on my screen brightness, or aren't validating them. We're just being honest. Medicine doesn't always have all the answers, but alternative practitioners have the luxury of essentially just making up diagnoses like chronic Lyme in parentheses. And people feel a whole lot better when someone finally says, this is exactly what you have. And here is the answer. Never mind that the treatment doesn't work for months or perhaps ever. The validation and label is what's important. 
I guess I felt compelled to write because I really worry that the episode sends a bad message to listeners who aren't medically literate. They're going to go on these on sketchy internet blogs. Can you burp a little more while you read the email? Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> Uh, internet, internet, uh, sketchy internet blogs diagnose themselves with chronic Lyme and then go spend $40,000 in Mexico on dangerous treatments. It was kind of glossed over, but some of the treatments she mentioned, uh, plasma, plasma, plasmapheresis and such are actually quite dangerous as is being on a bunch of different antibiotics, antifungals and antiparasitics at once. I'm glad she feels better now, but it makes me sad that she's been scammed out of tens of th- we don't need to read that part. It's that's it's that's more to do with Megan, which which we don't really need to get into. Um, so that was basically his um, his his feedback, which was which was quite pointed. Uh, definitely was. You can tell this doc is not a, a naturopath. Um, no nope. fan. And and also, I I think that it's that it's uh, um. There was a, there was a little note at the bottom there where he was like, "Look, if he like if this podcast starts starts slipping into like an alternative medicine hmm. podcast, then then I'm out because yeah. I can't I can't get behind that." And when I read that, when I read that, I immediately was like, "That's what did it for you. That's what that's what that's how when you felt like we need to absolutely yeah. absolutely because here's the thing is that and and I've been. Uh, I've been pretty vocal every time it comes up about my strong feelings about things like, um, homeopathy mm-hmm. and, yeah, you, and, yeah. and I have, you? I, I have, I have. And, um, and also look, I'm, I'm going to say it naturopathy as well. Um, I, I'm, I th- I'm also on the schedule. I think side that there. there is a, I think that there is a, there's absolutely room and and a place for mm-hmm. those things, mm-hmm. um, but for sure, one hundred percent, there is not any room, in my opinion, for that to be the only source of treatment, mm-hmm. right? And there there was another there was another piece of feedback that came in that someone said this is like crossing into like anti vaxxer territory, and that was another thing that made me go. Oh man, no, yeah. like absolutely not, because that's something I also feel very strongly about. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not willing to vaccinate your 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 children, or you believe in anti you believe in anti vaccinations, um, I don't got time for you. Yeah, or that or that belief. I agree. I think that that is fucking insane. And 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 I'm and I I won't be nice. Anti anti vaxxing. Anti vaxxing is insane. <clears throat> it's insane. I agree. Um, there's so anyway. We don't have to get like super deep into how much boils my blood, mm. but there is also this thing that I want that I want to speak to in in that my mother goes to see a homeo- homeopathic uh, doctor, right? And sometimes my mom will be like, "Hey, um, yada yada yada," and this is what I was doing last week, and oh yeah, and then I went to see my homeopathic doctor and. You're like, let me stop you right there. <clears throat> no, I don't. <laughs> I let my mom, I, I don't say anything yeah, to her. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why is because um, it's I, I don't want to, I don't want to take that away from her. And it's not harming. It, it's not harmful to her. It's not because I know that my mom isn't going, yeah, I think I have cancer. Right. And I'm treating it with, through my homeopathic doctor. Right. 
Um, and if she cr- and if it crossed into that realm, you wouldn't be silent anymore. You would say something. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's the same. It, I feel like it's the exact same as if like uh, a f- you know a friend of mine who I didn't realize said something to the effect of, you know, last night I was I was at home and all this trouble I've been having with my relationships. I just I got on my knees and I prayed to God and I thought, you know, you know what, like God, please step in, give me some, give me some help. I wouldn't be like, that's dude, dumb, dude. God, yeah, you keep doesn't it exist. I keep it to myself. Yeah, I don't want to take you what 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 you believe away from you. Absolutely, I totally agree. And um, so in so in, so. so in Megan, so in in the case of in the case of just like relating it back to the episode that we recorded, and and he mentioned it in there in in his in that email was. That it is, it is great. Megan told us that she's feeling great and she's had a total turnaround in her life, which is absolutely to be celebrated. Totally. But in the context of, okay, again, we're basically taking these pieces of information and for the time being, while we discuss them, we're assuming that they're completely true. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're just, that that's the process. That's what, that's how you treat evidence. Yeah. When you discuss it, you assume it's true and you figure out. Well, what are all the upsides to it being true and what are all the downsides to it being true? Yeah. And in this regard, if you treat this 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 email as absolute truth, then the the downside to Megan being completely um completely satisfied with the diagnosis of chronic Lyme disease and feeling better as a result of her treatment is that potentially if 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 we treat this as true and chronic Lyme disease doesn't exist, then she still doesn't know what she has. Yes. And then you and then you and then you stop looking for uh treatment for whatever that is. Um and 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 then and then later down the road it might cause a lot of issues. So that yeah. so that so that is the based on the assumption that this is absolute truth, that is the downside. Yeah. Is that you don't continue to look for how to resolve your problem um and all the things that we know that Megan has v- very much so gone through. Mm-hmm. Um and and could and might continue to go through. Again, absolute truth, chronic Lyme disease doesn't doesn't exist. Yeah. So let's go to so I reached out to a friend of mine who's a naturopathic doctor. Um and she and I just I, I told her what the deal was with uh, the episode and I just said, Hey, this is, we got some feedback from some docs. They said this about chronic Lyme. What's your position or what's your stance and your opinion <coughs> on chronic Lyme? Uh, from the naturopath- naturopathic doctor standpoint. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. This is another pointed. This is an, this is also pointed. You know what's really funny is is this like, <laughs> I man, I've always wanted to get an MD and an ND to come in, on the show in, in, and in like in and debate, room. yeah, battle, and debate, battle royale, absolutely. Um, and this this has made me want to do that so badly. Um, but it, it also just like reminds me of like the the current like divided climate that is today. Like that yeah. is if like you look at the states, it's like 
It's like you got the Dems, like the the, yeah. the libs, and there's no middle ground, and the and the and the alt right, yeah. and there's like nothing in between. Absolutely. And so anyway, this, it made me smile. So when, this is so this is that. I'm not gonna name any names. Uh, this is how it starts. <laughs> Those medical doctors have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> Chronic Lyme is real, and things like multiple sclerosis, arthritis. Fibromyalgia, um, which I believe it, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like up in the airness about fibromyalgia, but anyway, um, etc. Are misdiagnosed. The tests we use in Canadian healthcare just straight up suck. There are a ton of false negatives, so people think they're fine and don't have it, but they do. The main issue is treatment involves several weeks of antibiotics, and they're all up in arms about prescribing. And don't prescribing and don't want to prescribe antibiotics for it, which boggles my mind because I see people prescribe daily antibiotics for years to treat stuff like acne and rosacea. One medical doctor even told a patient that their Lyme testing is 100% accurate, like an H in quotes, like an HIV test, you have it or you don't. Uh, but CBC had run a story on it literally that week saying that the testing is inaccurate. Our system does a piss poor job of getting this info out to practicing family physicians. So that was the take from the nat- uh, from a naturopathic doctor that that is completely completely contrary. Yeah. Is basically you've got one side going this is complete horseshit and another going you guys are doctors are crazy <coughs> and this is absolutely a problem. <coughs> yeah. Now, I wanted to throw it to I think I think maybe just one more piece. And okay, I, I and I, I just just to for context because again I don't want us to become too weighted in our opinion here. Um, I reached out to a friend of mine in, in, on a Facebook message and she sent and I and I basically said, "Can you give me like a like a summary of what you feel about this?" So, you know, versus somebody of their own free will writing us feedback and taking the time and taking like a lot of time mm-hmm. to write out a ton of shit and yeah. provide us links and stuff. Yeah. So one of the links that came with um with a piece of the feedback was. From the doctor, from 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 the the medical doctor, right? From the from the from the MD, yeah. M, from the medical doctor, yeah. Uh, was a link to, um, was a link to a, a, a an article that was published in the American Journal of Medicine, and this is this is very official. There's like, geez, how many? There's like there's like twenty three cited sources um from studies and uh like uh studies and stuff from the cdc and you know all sorts of different groups um you know it's it's on if you if you if you look up straight talk about chronic lyme disease american journal of medicine you'll find it so this is uh this is the this is the piece that I that I wanted to read out of out of that. Um I'm I'm only reading what really pertains to it. So a PubMed search of the scientific literature will, will reveal that there are more than 12,000 publications dealing with virtually every aspect of Lyme disease. Since its discovery in the United States in the mid 1970s, we know a great deal about the nature, diagnosis and treatment of Lyme disease, which has been defined historically as a tick-borne infectious disease caused by a bacterial spirochete. Don't know how to say that. And that's a Latin word for what Lyme disease is. So I'm not going to read that. Lyme disease is not the strange and mysterious. Hey, Loki, my dog's in here all of a sudden. Hey, bud, why don't you go outside? Nope. 
Go outside. Out. Out. Thank you. Uh, Lyme disease is not the strange and mysterious is not the strange and mysterious disease that some imagine it to be. Any physician who is board certified in the specialty of infectious diseases certainly will know how to diagnose and treat Lyme disease. One does not need to have quote unquote special training in medical school just to learn how to diagnose and treat this particular infectious disease. Although the media falsely asserts that the scientific community is deeply divided on issues related to Lyme disease, there is widespread agreement among international and national experts on all major issues related to the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of Lyme disease. Unfortunately, the issue receiving the most attention in the media and on the internet is the condition called quote-unquote chronic Lyme disease that has yet to be defined unequivocally as a distinct clinical entity. So he's very like, he's very easy there and going like, hey, he's basically going quote-unquote chronic Lyme disease. It hasn't been defined yet as as a clinical entity. It's not, it's not yet a thing. So in the medical and medical community, that's, that's fact now. Yeah. And and, I mean, if you do a quick Google search, uh, you're, you're going to be pretty overwhelmed with, um, with articles and websites and, um, uh, academic journals that basically say chronic Lyme is not, is non-existent. Mm-hmm. And and this so <clears throat> this next piece that I'm just going to summarize um, would be particularly um, would be particularly important for for Megan in the, in because it um, it's you know, Meg Meg told us about all these all the symptoms that she has and it it's basically this big paragraph that summarizes that like this amount of the population has irritable bowel. Uh, symptoms this amount of the population has chronic pain this amount of the population has uh skin or memory issues like all these things that are very prevalent in just like the general population and that uh that lime quote-unquote lime literate physicians claim that these tests must be unreliable instead of considering other possible causes for their patients symptoms so they're basically going well these they're they're taking all these really these really common things and going well this is what chronic Lyme is when you have all these things together and it's you know they're they're basically making the claim that there's that there's such a large amount of the population that has the people all who of believe the people who believe in chronic Lyme right. are saying that right yeah um, and the and the <clears throat> medical doctors are going no that just because all those things exist and a lot of people feel all those things. Right. It doesn't mean that it just you can just pile them together in a ni- nice, neat little pile and go, oh, well, that's chronic Lyme. The, yeah, right. That they have. It. <laughs> so and then and then so, so there there is abundant evidence that two tier testing is, in fact, very reliable for the diagnosis of Lyme disease in patients who have had symptoms for one month or longer. Even a perfect diagnostic test will not give a positive result if a patient does not have Lyme disease. However, it certainly is possible to get a false positive, a false positive test result using an unapproved non-validated test procedure performed by a laboratory that specializes in the diagnosis of Lyme disease as is often the case in patients with chronic Lyme the tragedy in all of this is that these individuals are experiencing chronic debilitating symptoms for which they should receive appropriate medical treatment and care however it is clearly not Lyme disease and other possibilities must be considered 
as recommended in the multidisciplinary program on chronic pain advocated by the Institute of Medicine. It should be noted that the recommendations made by the Infectious Disease Society of America in its guideline, the IDSA, in its guidelines for the treatment of Lyme disease and disputed in the TV series are in agreement. TV series is something they referenced in a piece that I didn't read are in agreement with those of the European Federation of Neurological Societies, the European Union of Concerted Action on Lyme Borreliosis, the American Academy of Neurology, the Canadian Public Health Network, and the German Society for Hygiene and Microbiology. These are in agreement with recommendations made by expert panels from 10 European countries, Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Slovenia, Sweden, and Switzerland. Therefore, it is reasonable to conclude that the IDSA the Infectious Disease Society of America guidelines are universally accepted by experts on Lyme disease throughout the world and that the treatment recommended is indeed beneficial and safe for patients who have been correctly diagnosed as having Lyme disease. Right. And so just to really clarify in case, like in case there's confusion, cause I know some of this can be a bit confusing, especially for, especially for a couple of idiots like us. Um, Lyme disease exists. Right. And Lyme disease is um, treatable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's to be said scientifically they say Lyme disease, chronic Lyme disease does not exist right and and now and now I think is probably <clears throat> the time to put our our to weigh in personally I mean you've kind of done that already I wait I mean it's pretty yeah. clear I, I know where you stand I stand I stand very much so on the side of of the the medical community this like science right and i and i also <clears throat> heavily tend to lean towards to towards the science and and because i've been presented with a whole bunch of a whole bunch of uh backed up material um with 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 something from 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 a medical journal that that's that has that that cites <clears throat> like several sources um i i lean that i lean that way too and i'm going to lean with science cuz that's that's this is how my brain works um and again like i don't again i want but i want to emphasize that we're that we we really just want to put the information out there from both sides and saying that basically the medical community from what we're seeing doesn't think that it exists and that from the naturopathic side that it does exist. And, um, for people that, and again, if you consider each one of them in, in, in silos to be the absolute truth that chronic Lyme, chronic Lyme does exist. And then also that it doesn't exist. There are pros and cons to believing both. And like, and that's really what I that's what I what I want to leave it with really right. what I what I want to because I because I don't want to again like I don't want to what are the pros what are the pros that believing chronic Lyme does exist yeah you're right <laughs> you know okay well okay like, well, what's a, what's a pro okay well maybe not a maybe not a pro but a potential like let's say Okay, so let's say let's just use Megan's our only Megan's our only sure. our only sure. um, our only uh, like <coughs> you know the only person we've talked to about yep. this. Yeah. So let's say Meg got treatment. She went down. You know, we talked about how much money she spent on her treatment. Yeah. She goes down. 
She gets treatment in Mexico. She feels like her she's t- totally turned a new leaf, which is obviously something to massively celebrate. Her yeah. life was shit for like like seven years or like almost <clears throat> the better better part of a decade. Yeah, and now she feels better. Now she maybe she always feel, maybe she feels better for the rest of her life. Amazing, <clears throat> amazing. Yeah. I guess that's not necessarily a pro about chronic Lyme disease because if you then assume that it, because if it's not, if it's not a thing, but the treatment that she took worked, then I guess the treatment that she took just helped whatever it was. If we assume that it, what that Lyme, that chronic Lyme doesn't exist, maybe that the treatment worked for whatever it is. Yeah. And that's great shot in the dark mm-hmm. from that point of view, but it works. So that's a, that's a, that's an upside. Now the downside, the, the major downside, which I think is much more of a concern is, is someone is someone going, well, I should try that. Right. Because that's how I, that's where I'm at. And so I should, I should now try that. And I think that and, that's where it is these... not working because, well, I don't know, maybe because it, it just doesn't work. Right. And that's, and that's, right? and that's what, that's what I think that these, which is yeah. which is why we are addressing this here, right? Exactly. Is 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 okay. First and foremost, we're a fucking comedy podcast. If you check the iTunes section, we're on the comedy charts. Yeah, not the, we're not the health and wellness section mm-hmm. because um, as much as as we touch on health and wellness, we also touch on a lot of juvenile silly shit. Um, so we're we're a comedy podcast. You you should never, please, don't ever. Take medical advice from our show. Absolutely. Don't ever do that. No. Regardless of what you hear, you should only take medical advice from uh, the people that you trust in taking medical advice from, i.e. people whose job it is to give you that information. And I'll just leave that at that. Right. Because you can decide for... I mean, I I really think you should refer to a doctor, but that's just me. Um, First and foremost, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's it. I don't know. Like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I, I do, but I do, I do want to say, I don't want to, I don't want to apologize, but I want to say, um, we by no means are, are trying to, um, invoke or, or cultivate harmful information. Right. Our, our goal, our primary goal, uh, no matter what is always just to be three sets of ears that are offering up a a place for someone who has had a particular experience to relate that experience to us and for us to put a smile on their face. And it is extremely (laughs) rare that we get feedback that we are giving out potentially harmful information. So, so when we do get, when we get feedback that says that, that, that we might be doing so, we feel that we need to address it, and yeah. so that's what we did. Um, so let's leave it at that. Um, and you know, there's the internet out there, so you're welcome to go and do all the research that you want, um, and uh, inform form your own opinion because we're not here to tell you what to do. <clears throat> that was a little longer than uh, I anticipated it to be, but well, I, I, but I hope it was useful. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. I mean, there is. Oh, and you know what? The, the other thing is, uh, let's continue this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, message us, uh, you know, maybe not message. I mean, message us directly if you have concern, but, um, like add to the, the Facebook page, 
There's lots of comments going on on posts that we put up. Um, we want to hear your thoughts. Uh, uh, yeah. Fuck, I'm so glad we, we do this. It's so cool to have people reach out and be like, you know, to offer their two cents and Absolutely. to stimulate more conversation and more time to sit down on the mic. So uh, thank you all so much. <clears throat> and uh, we, I, sa- we said on the episode before that that was it for this week, but really it wasn't because it we're wasn't back. Because we're back. Uh, but we will be back uh, this coming week. I want to say this. We just recorded four episodes in the last like two days and all four episodes were amazing yeah they really were yeah um one was uh one was a really good one it was it was an episode about brain cancer and um and uh the guest that we had on has miraculously treated it and it's it's completely gone all through wearing um uh tinfoil hats for uh, uh basically um for seven days straight right. and not showering. And another guest with the same issue that cured it via head transplant. Yep. Yeah. Which is like first of its kind, I think. And then another one, uh, we did another one, a third one, and uh, they thought that they cured it with St. James wort, um, but they, we actually just got a text. They passed away today. So should we take that out? <laughs> no, that's good. We love you all so much. And uh, regardless of what you believe, um, we're all we're all here for a limited amount of time. So uh, stay classy. Try not to die. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.